You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about the Beatles self-titled also called the White Album. In the room I have Rob, Yar, Andrew, yeah. Ben and Grady. Hello. The Beatles, also known as the White Album, is the ninth studio album by the English rock band The Beatles, released on 22nd of November 1968 on Apple Records. The producer was George Martin and the genre is rock and pop. The Beatles were at the peak of their global influence Invisibility in 1968. Sgt. Pepper, Lonely Hearts Club Band, released the previous year, had enjoyed a combination of commercial success, critical acclaim, and immense cultural influence that had previously seemed inconceivable for a pop release. The Beatles considered their next step while on a three-month transcendental meditation retreat with the Maharishi Mahesh Yoga in Rishikesh, India. Once back in England, the group gathered at George Harrison's home to hash out the close to 40 new compositions and make preliminary plans for recording. The result would be known as the White Album for its plain white sleeve that had no graphics or text other than the band's name embossed, which was intended as a direct contrast to the vivid cover artwork of the band's previous LP, Sgt. Pepper. The sprawling double album feels like disjointed singles stretching out in in all directions, and while the album is often cited as fractured in both terms of songwriting and the band's alignment, the juxtaposition has created a milestone in how albums function. The album constantly surprises, confuses, and delights again and again. Each song becomes a beautiful branch to a weird and wonderful tree. The album is often cited as a pop masterpiece and one of the most interesting and influential albums of all time. All right, what do we think of the White Album? Would you guys mind if I read? Wait, wait, before uh, we talk, I want, (laughs) before you talk, please tell me when you first heard the White Album, at what age? I was 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 right before 10 years old, we're listening to Dear Prudence right now. Ashley Arini, if you're out there, this song made me think of you. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Rob. Go ahead, ahead, Rob. uh, I was 38 when I listened to this record. Wow, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um... I was 35. It was last night. It was the first time I listened to this record. The first time all the way through. Yeah. Uh, I was also very surprised that this was a double record. Yes. (laughs) I was probably 12. Yeah, like 8 or 9. Yeah, I would say I was like 9, maybe 10 or 12. Okay, yeah. um, The the one thing I want to read is a a psychological study um, verified by Spotify. (laughs) All right. What does that, that even mean? <laughs> yes, what? Thank you. Hold on just one second. Between the ages of 12 and 22, our brains undergo rapid neurological development, and the music we love during the decade, that particular decade, seems to get wired into our lobes for good. When we make neural connections to a song, we also create a strong memory trace that becomes laden with heightened emotion, partially 
uh, thanks to a sufferate of pubertal pu- pubertal pu- puberty growth hormones. Pu- pubical. Um, these hormones tell our brains that everything is incredibly important, especially the songs that form the soundtrack to our teenage dreams or embarrassments, which is an interesting thing that you brought up. Which I yeah, didn't I, know. Did, you were, I didn't even know you were going to say that. Basic, yeah. Basically, if you listen to this record when you were at a certain age... Or any if, record. Or any record, it's going to be with you, which is why the Beatles records continue to sell over and... Uh, aside from them being important in certain aspects, but like... Well, no, you're, the, you're, you're saying two different things there. No, I'm not. No. Yeah, yeah. The, the Baby Boomers will continue to buy the re-releases and the re-releases and the re-releases because they were mm. got at a certain age. And I am I am in no way, shape, or form... I think down- that's assuming that there's not new generations well, of people no, that are... There was a are huge buying. spike in the 90s from the, uh, the anthologies. Yeah, and sure. a mm-hmm. lot of that had to do with the baby boomers showing their kids at an early age the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And then it just self-perpetuates, um, just keeps leapfrogging generations that way. It's incredibly interesting. I, I am not in no way downplaying the importance of it's this like, band. Guess the question is, where did your parents fuck up? My dad was into Motown, baby. <laughs> so what you're, but what you're saying is that it's only the initial crop, the boomers who were around when this came out, that have kept the interest in this album or any Beatles albums alive. I feel like it was probably like a perfect storm kind of thing because it was like I mean I, it, you I, know I'm it was it was the boomer generation agree, but yeah. it was also like you know it's a six TV was a new thing. I mean yeah, everything the, the was six, new. Yeah it's it's just like all those things sort of combine, you know, it's inevitable that something like the Beatles would have well, happened. But, but which is not to detract from like what the music? Yeah, I am, and, and sure, no, no. Uh, again, I'm not taking that as, as anything if, other than I'm just. It, it would be very strange, if, like if the birds got the same thing. Like if the birds were the one that got pushed forward, <laughs> who are nowhere You're nearly as <laughs> well, creative but, but a, as this this particular band. But, but that's a that's they wouldn't have been because none of their albums were nearly as accomplished. Right, that's but, true. Like like they, they, the Beatles with the Beatles. I mean, because, okay, there had to be a band. At a time, at this time, that was doing this sort of stuff. Sure, it happened to be the Beatles. There is that. Who is the, who, who made the argument? If the, Sil- the Silver Sun Sun pickups were in the same situation as the Beatles back in the early '60s, that they would have become the same band in general. I mean, it's it's a you know it's a thought you know just an argument or an exercise. I, I don't know how if I take it that far. Certainly, someone had to be there to do these sorts of things. The Beatles did it consistently for seven years. It doesn't, the situation was primed. It was and, primed, and, and, absolutely. And then yeah. they delivered. Ready. I but they like delivered only they could have done it, but the they could have only have done it in that time. A- absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And um, so, and talking about, you know, Rob, your, the, the formative years um, and how open we are, how receptive we are to... Music and, and experiences in general at, yeah. those, at those are, at those ages. The, I mean, the, the Beatles I, I've listened to since I was, I think, in utero. Sure. Um, <laughs> but actually, Sgt. Pepper's Magical Mystery Tour, Rubber Soul, and Revolver were the ones that I'd listened to like up until this point. And then I remember in grade school getting the White Album, the double CD, and just pouring over it for just 
hours and hours and hours. To be and, fair, you are a giant dork. <laughs> well, and, and to take that to to the extreme here, uh, um, the song Revolution Number no. Nine, which I'm sure we'll we'll get to. Um, Different I, than Love Potion. I would I would you know nine, I prefer Love Potion. <laughs> nine ten year old me. I would turn the lights off in my room. I would sit under my desk in the dark and listen to Revolution Number no. Nine on repeat. <laughs> that's, uh, that's weird, dude. It just blew my mind. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, it was nothing like I had ever heard before. And, you know, I have a, a background in some classical music, so I had some influence there from 20th century composers, modern, postmodern sort of stuff. Uh, so I, I had a weird sort of tendencies to begin with. But, I, I mean, I can firmly credit this album, this Revolution Number no. 9, for getting me interested in music concrete and, and tape music and a lot of mid-late 20th century electronic music. Um, was I mean it, it all traces back to Revolution Number no. Nine. I get it. Um, yeah. And not to mention the rest of the songs, each of which are sort of their own little yeah. world. Do you want to go? Should we just go? How do we approach e this album? Each this song, song? Yeah. because I I feel like we're gonna we're just gonna be crossing. Streams. Yeah, I think by right. song yeah. it makes perfect don't. sense. Okay, let's yeah. just let's just do and that. An album is fragmented as this. Exactly, you almost have to. Yeah. Okay. That that that's perfectly fine. Okay, let's just start so, with flew um, in from Miami Beach. Yeah, back I, in the I, USSR. What do we think? I like it. I see what they're doing there. It's a Chuck Berry thing. It, oh, Beach it, Boys thing too. It, it works. It's a Beach Boys Chuck yeah. Berry back in the USA. They're but it's also a tongue a parody. It's a bit yeah. of a, a right. Yeah. It's got some provocateur like yeah. sort of like how do we? That's, know, a, that's a McCartney sort song. Of thing, like, uh, yeah. No, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah McCartney okay. wrote it. Yeah. I, I, that's I, also interest. I mean, that's important along the way. Whose songs are? Uh, I've got. I've got all the yeah, songs. Yeah, I, I wrote down that. Uh, what do you think I, of it, Rob? I, I found it that it was almost an exciting rock song, but I think that uh, like David Bowie with Suffragette City did a, a better job with the same. Oh, I can uh, kind of yeah. see where you're it, going. It, it's a it's a much better song, but it's the same vein. You know what I love on that, that song hasn't though happened yet is that I know. The, it will though. It, it will again, and the, I, the, I the, it. this goes down to the Beatles are a very important band. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and so we. We have talked also about the truncated versions of this album and how you would cut it down to one album. And in my constantly trying to figure out what songs I would keep and leave, I would, I would and thinking about what song to open the 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 oh, single get the single disc. If we get into sequencing, we'll be here all day. I'm not well, no, no, no. <laughs> this is the this is the song that can this is the song that would open this album. But that's the only reason that I can find to actually keep it on. A select cut of all the songs. It's a solid song. It's a toe tap and rock and roll song. Yeah, yeah. What, what's to hate? I yeah, like it. No, no, no. no yeah. Nothing to hate, certainly. Yeah, I think so too. What really does it for me is the uh, third uh, verse where it's just a single note solo of them just oh, playing yeah. that. It just. That's that's the best. Well, they're fucking cool. they're fucking around a, a exactly, little bit. Certainly. Exactly. Um, also, I do cool. love that Mike Love was in India with them. Yeah, I saw that. And Paul McCartney <laughs> presented the song. You know, it's kind of parody Beach Boys sort of thing. And Mike Love says, "Yeah, that's really cool, but you got to talk about the Russian girls in this song." <laughs> <laughs> That's your uh, boy, he, Mike no, Love. He's the worst Beach Boy. <laughs> Samos, Samos is the best God Beach Boy. <laughs> I think I, th I read something. That I think it's worth noting because I can totally hear it. During the writing process of this album, they made a conscious decision to not take acid. Uh, they wanted to air their heads out. So they said they, Well, they, that's why they were in India. 
Right. Yeah. So no drugs, parentheses, only weed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weed record. No, no, I like I like weed beetles. Oh, no right. promiscuity yeah. either, and then someone got hit on by the Maharishi. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, sure. All right, so next one. Dear Prudence. Oh, um, my God. I just I wrote down, it. sure, uh, no, I wrote down, uh, has some things going for it. Okay. <laughs> this is okay. one of the sweetest songs, and it's uh, apparently about... I think it's Prudence Pharaoh. Yeah, it's me and Pharaoh's sister. Right, right, right. But something Who wouldn't about leave her tent initially. How not odd. How sexual, but prude. But probably <laughs> ultimately sexual. So um, I've always, yeah, I always a beautiful song. Yeah, I felt that it was always beautiful in the way the sort of bass, that bouncy bass, mm. and has some really choice um, drumming. The way the drumming is recorded. It's a deep on pocket it, rock song. It's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got McCarty's got that that pedal point on the the, the low D, the bum 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 yeah. bum bum. Also very droney. The same low, yeah. the same low note anchors the whole thing all the yeah. way through. Yeah. How did you guys feel about this as as a second track? Like, did, did, does it feel like that's like no, well, that, that absolutely not. No, 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 that fade in because it, it fades in with the airplane landing and then the back in the USR fades out into this. It, it's just a, it's a perfect. That's another oh, thing man. that's actually pretty revolutionary about this album is there's not gaps between songs. It's either straight edits, crossfades, or like an incidental musical track. I mean, as as far as uh, the thing that the 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 they lost me with was the sheer amount of songs that they tried to do for this record. I don't know if it was. You said there were up to words of forty, and there's only thirty. There's on thirty this. on the album. Um, like that, those numbers, especially for a band that clearly really didn't want to be a band anymore. <laughs> it just kind of like I don't know if they were getting paid by the track that they put out. Well, there's there's or or what? There's technically four songwriters on this album. Yes, yeah. there are. Yeah, Ringo had one. He had a song. It was, is it the Good Night one? They, they, no, no, it's it so was, sweet. They weren't getting paid by Don't the Pass Me By. It was Don't Pass Me By, which I actually yeah. really liked. Okay. Up until the last minute, it was just called we'll get there. Ringo's song. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the thing I do appreciate too with a lot of these songs is they keep it to a th- almost a three minute mark. Oh yeah, there's there's not a lot you know they they don't they, explore the room very much at all. They explore right, it yeah. in a in the in a pop rock in a yeah, yeah. one set. They know the yeah. pop box. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate Dear Prudence. It definitely you're right with the sequencing coming after the first one. It kind of puts you in a mel like it brings it down a lot. That McCartney could really play the bass. Yeah. And the drums. So this is another... another... Apparently the best drummer in the Beatles. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like it works... It it would work better as a second track on a shorter album, maybe. Or maybe second side. But it definitely has that second track, like, come down from that first track sound, you know, but it's knowing that there's like 28 more songs coming. Like, well, yeah, I mean, the album is so sprawling. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's I don't know to... if that, yeah, exactly. Wasn't there a George Harrison quote in, in a, about, I think we talked about it. We uh, did. George, yeah, the, uh, uh, is, do you, th- do you it, believe that Ringo is the best drummer in the world? Ringo isn't even the best drummer in the band. <laughs> <laughs> is that, that's apocryphal. I've heard that that's apocryphal, right? Is that... I, I don't know. I just know from Rob Teller being. I like to think. I don't know. So the next out, I think I think Ringo's a really solid drummer. No, totally. Uh, so is Paul. <laughs> <laughs> the next song, uh, also a Lennon song, uh, "Glass Onion." Um, I wrote down that Jeff Lynne owes a debt to the song. <laughs> I wrote that a few times, um, but also I had an issue with a song that is 
checking other albums by the Beatles. So there's the self, self, the self reference. Well, yeah, but I mean theme. that's sort of the, the the brilliance of it, though, is yeah. that I mean they are they have they have reached this point where they have created the culture that follows in their wake. Basically, they dictated sort of the the styles, what's in in vogue, and I mean the Sergeant like coming off the heels of Sergeant Peppers. I mean that what, like Birch said. I mean from the from the intro. I mean that was a cultural it's a cultural monument that ha- had enormous. Uh, you know repercussions. Well, as uh, I love that you're <laughs> holding an open book right now. It looks like you're preaching, <laughs> and I love it. Well, yeah, it's a theme that they touch on a few yeah, times. But as a middle-aged and man, well, I'm, I'm to go back and listen to these Beatles all, records. All, no, already, already, they're, 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 in 1968, they're assuming that you heard their last record. Well, there's, a mytholo- there's already there's a mythology that's current with their existence in the in the world, and so talking about. Who are these characters in other iterations of the band? I mean, it's it's interesting. Also, it's self-referential. They, they it's, really need it's to let the world with, know yeah. that Paul is dead. I thought dead. it was fun. I, th- yeah. I thought it was kind of a cool, like... He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> There's I, also that. I am the walrus. Paul is I, the walrus. I thought that you would probably love this song because they are literally fucking with their fans, saying... I'm screwing with you with all this stuff. We're making fun of our it's own song. Right. It's a self distrust. Yeah. And it's a it's a meta Fandous. meta song about their old songs and how they don't I mean, have meaning. What, what sort of things. what sort of meta commentary? What sort of meta song can you can you quote or can you reference that occurred before this and on this sort of level? Unique in that alone, I think. All right. All right. Uh, um, so, Obladi, Obladi, can fuck right off. Okay. Let's um, hear about it. So Randy. said everyone except for McCartney. John Lennon called it granny shit. Yeah. <laughs> the ever impatient Lennon complained about having to work on Obladi, Obladi for five days running because McCartney started from scratch for a third set of basic tracks after other versions had already received many overdubs. Um, so no one else liked the song. It's it's. It sure sounds like they had a good time though. As a kid, you know, I love. As a kid, I love this song too. And so a lot of me loved it. I'm biased by this sort of youthful halcyon glaze over the whole. I I can't listen to it objectively as an adult because. As a kid, this was my fucking jam. It's a cheesy fucking song, but a lot of McCartney songs. I love Honey Pie too. Oh it's also oh boy. Oh boy. we'll get there. It's we'll fine. It's, no, no, no. But but in and in and of you know, they each have their own place. I found it interesting though that they were trying to do a different. I mean, they had all these influences for this album, obviously, but they picked sort of Desmond Decker. I'm assuming mm. for because they call him Desmond and the yeah, sort of uh, yeah actually dance, I, I never put that together reggae and dance hall. Um, and yeah, I thought it was interesting and the, the piano that you hear within there, uh, the sort of like, what would it be like a Wurlitzer or something? I think kind of makes it for me. I, I thought it is pretty childish. It's fine. It's it's interesting song. It's kind of upbeat. I, mean, I grew up with this song line as the theme song tight. to Life Goes On. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, before I knew it was a Beatles song, I knew the song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. True. No, I I don't dislike any song on this album. This uh, my favorite though is this would probably get cut from my <laughs> my pared down version though. That's what I was gonna say. I, I it remains on my. If I was gonna do my pared down version, this might not make it. But I I I like that it's in that quadrant of the Beatles sound. That's like the like kind of weird, like you know, juvenile. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing his best. I mean, even at his worst, it's infectious. Right. A and, throwback to like, like 1920s vaudeville or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, one of my favorite stories about this this whole album was 
John Lennon was talking shit, of course, in the recording studio about how this God song sucks. Him. You know, this, <laughs> this is terrible. He goes outside, he gets high, he comes back in and bangs out the intro. That intro, that's him just being like, this is how we're going to do it now. Baked Lennon. Yeah. And then I guess Paul tried to imitate it later. He didn't get it right, so they just used Lennon's baked, like, furious, you know, banging on. Well, That's really funny. We haven't really touched upon it, but, like, the Beatles weren't really getting along at this point. Yeah. Like, there yeah. was a lot of contention. Yoko was in the mix, um, and All I right, think... who's Proko? Who, in the room. Are I'm you not pro anti, Yoko? I'm not anti-Ko. I'm not anti. Okay. No. But... Uh, so, Proko. I think the room is I pretty Proko. I'm not anti-Ko. I don't <laughs> dislike Yoko, but up until... Up until Yoko... It was a. It was more or less a closed studio, and they had done their whole career kind of under that regulation, and then all of a sudden, there's a girlfriend there all the time. Yeah. Well, and she's literally telling McCartney that they need to play better and shit like. That. Uh, what do we think about Wild Honey Pie? No, fuck it. It's my favorite song I on mean, the record. <laughs> I like those fun Honestly. little interspliced inner you know interludes. It's a fun you know little little interlude basically. Um, I think it's garbage. I mean, I really, yeah, I just don't care about it. The only, the only thing I find interesting is that it led to different things like the residence or something, you know, I, weird. I, like, I like I'm trying little, to make a single disc album here, so it's on the floor. I like yeah. the little yeah. well, and I, I mean, I, I think that's an interesting exercise, but I think also, but Paul was just really messing around. Was, a lot I of mean, people were, a lot of them were fucking around, yeah, um, and sending in, you know, various takes from different shit from all over the place. You know, they weren't even together for half of this stuff. Are we standing uh, up yeah. now? I just needed to stretch my legs a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. The, 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 uh, this I, this song is borrowed heavily by Brainiac for a, a song called "Meat Hook Manicure" really? uh, mm. on Bonsai Superstar. Well, and okay, I, mean, I going, can see that. I wasn't around for the Sgt. Pepper's one. Was Magical Mystery Tour on the list? We thankfully there's, there's are not no. going to cover Magical there's Mystery no. Tour. Oh, I love that album. Anyway, I, I loved those little those little interludes at the end of a song, or like their own little tracks that are just like. 20, 30 seconds of some just little little thoughts yeah. that they just flesh out for a little little span and then they yeah. move on to the next thing yeah. or, or it blends into the, the next one. All um, right. How do we feel about... Uh, oh, that was McCartney, by the way. Of course it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> continuing story of Bungalow Bill by Lennon uh, featuring Yoko Ono. I don't need it in my life. Yeah, don't like it. Okay. Okay. I, think I don't hate it. I think it's fun. I don't hate it. How do you feel it, about I, the melody and it's just it's kind of how it fine. Moves. Yeah, John okay. Lennon can write a melody. It doesn't okay. mean that every Lennon melody needs to be pressed to wax. Okay. Like, uh, apparently, the uh, guitar intro was a built-in preset on the Mellotron. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah they, that's, that's they a John use, fact there for you. <laughs> uh, and and the the story of him going out tiger hunting uh, with his uh, his mom. Was someone in the studio actually did that? No, it was no, when they were the, in or, India. Or was it, it was someone in India that was? Yeah, it. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. someone that was at the was like a retreat with them. Uh, yeah, someone self-important middle-aged American woman arrives, moving a mountain of luggage in her brand new private bungalow next to the Maharishis, along with her son, a bland young man named Bill. People <laughs> fled this newcomer, and no one was sorry when she left. But apparently she went out tiger hunting in the middle of meditation, you know, because that's what you do. In, that's in what you do when you're meditating. And then they I'm, came right back and started meditating. I think it's it's a it's a I think it's a great song actually. It's got an interesting chord progression. There's this um, it's like a mixolydian thing. 
um, going on and a little, a little odd meter. I mean, J Lennon was interested in he would switch up the the, the meters and just a measure of two four thrown in or something like that. Yeah, just to, yeah. So it, it doesn't quite flow. It's not just straight four four. There's little hiccups and it's goofy, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I like the combination of like like rhythm changes and like the like the kind of blue note chord progression stuff. Mm -hmm. With this sort of like kind of goofy, like not like I, I think it's a good amalgamation of those sorts. Yeah, of things. I mean, it could easily be a you know, animated children's cartoon song, or there's something more ominous behind it as well. <laughs> it, I don't know. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. Speaking of cartoons, so I've been listening to this album for like 20 years now, more than that, 25 years now, and I just this week, in preparation for this, realized that the cartoon voice that keeps on coming up on this album is Yoko. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like. Oh, someone's doing a funny, funny cartoon thing. No, no, that's just Yoko with her regular voice. Yeah. <laughs> Yoko being serious sounds like a baby. All right, how do we feel about while my guitar gently weeps? Uh, a plus one hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Airtight. Yeah, masterpiece. Even it's a masterpiece. Despite Clapton. Despite Clapton. <laughs> is this Clapton's greatest work? This is Clapton's greatest work. How come Clapton couldn't play a guitar solo like this on a fucking Clapton album? <laughs> like, Maybe because he didn't necessarily want to play on this and they kind of prodded him into playing it and so he's a little oh, you said more, his guitar's more, weeping? more reserved more reserved <laughs> all you of know, you guys he thinks about it a little more uh -huh. all, all of you guys have seen the uh the the prince solo of this right yeah oh yeah holy fucking shit his guitar just disappears right he, he just, throws it up, he and, throws it never it up and it never lands it <laughs> yeah. still hasn't landed <laughs> still to this day <laughs> that guitar is floating somewhere in cleveland <laughs> So that's in the Just like Prince. what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, there, yeah. There, there's a YouTube clip uh, of, uh, of just a I, I don't even know all the. It's like that everyone that's famous that owns a guitar is on stage. It must have been like right <laughs> after like um, George uh, Harrison George died Harrison or something. Died, yeah. yeah, but fucking Prince just rips the destroys solo, destroys the solo like. Then throws the guitar in the air and walks, and walks off, away. and the guitar never lands. Wow. The camera lingers. Yeah, the no. guitar doesn't come I've down. Never seen that. I'm gonna have to look that. It, up. It, 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 it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, the, the the song's super pretty and just a really well crafted song. Yeah, Not only musically, really nice driving rhythm. Like, yeah, and this is a Harrison track. Yes, yeah, yes. first one on the record. Notable, and it's so yeah. far it's the best song on the record. Yeah. so far. I'd yeah, agree. I would agree with that. Mm. What um, do you like better than I like Dear Prudence? You, you, you want a wild honey pie? <laughs> I, well, I like Dear Prudence. Better. Dear Prudence, I really like that song. Um, I have stars by both of them. I think that's probably my first, my top. Well, happiness is a warm gun. It's between Dear Prudence, happiness. We're not and, there yet, Michael. That's next. <laughs> I'm just looking at my favorite from side side one, side one, disc one. <laughs> so I, I think I get Both chills three. most of the time I hear this song. Just how incredible it is in uh, the subject matter and the lyrics. The lyrics mm -hmm. are wonderful. Oh, can you touch on the subject matter? Uh, about his inspiration by the I Ching, excuse me. Uh, it's the world's uh, unrealized potential for universal love. The love is sleeping. Uh, it's basically about how if everyone, you know, actually wanted to get together, we, we could. Um, also, one of my favorite uh, lines is, with all these mistakes, surely we must be learning. I mean, that says it all, right? Like, people never learn from their mistakes, but, you know, if we just learn from them, then we could actually advance and go somewhere else. Anyway, 
Um, all right, happiness is a warm gun. <laughs> I like that track. The song rips. Yeah, it's really good. I almost wish. So it's it's like it's vignettes, you know. Yeah, three it's, three songs, I believe. Well, and the, and the kind of like band on the run. Okay. <laughs> that that this that is. sort of off the uh, the three over two. When I hold you in my arms, mm-hmm. that that part came from a recording, uh, a different recording for an outro of. You have to come up here. This is a Lennon song. This is way. a Lennon song, and that part of it came from a recording of a different. A different track on the album. I like it. Like as they vignettes. spliced it together, or they or they re-recorded. I think they it, re like, reworked it. They reworked to, it, yeah, yeah, to be because the, the lyrics were different initially too. Uh-huh. Um, I do love the cut, and it goes down to the the yeah. and yeah. just slows right down. You think it's going one way, and then I feel like it goes another. It just constantly is shifting. Yeah, which I I know we'll get to with the prog stuff. In the seventies, I like it in its oh. in its current form as like uh, three vignettes. But I also I like each section of it enough that I part of me wishes that he had just like fleshed out those sections. Like that first part of the song that's only like thirty or forty seconds long. I want a whole song of that. Like I feel that that could have been pushed further. I like it as three. I want to know what it would have been mm-hmm. like as three songs. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, it was from the I- I'm so tired demos. Okay. That they got that sort of three over two part. Okay. The, I want to live in America. Uh, Rogers and Hammerstein. Absolutely. Reportedly, this is uh, McCartney and George Harrison's favorite song on the album, or they claim it's the best song on the album. Hmm. Wait, uh, those two <laughs> agree that the best song on the album is a Lennon song? Yes. Man, I, I, w- I would argue the song before it. <laughs> Huh? Thus far, mm-hmm. but, this, this but, song's more interesting. More but you know, maybe and, they're being nice and saying, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to take credit for saying my song is the best song. I mean, was this so, quote before or after December eighth, nineteen eighty? I believe it was after <laughs> he passed. Yeah. Yeah. Mother Superior jumped the gun. 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 What do we think of Martha, my dear? I said, nope, this ragtime breakdown stinks! Uh, Happiness is a warm gun is how the first side right. ends. Yeah, yeah, so the so next the next side, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't need it. I love this song. Yeah. It's so it's tender and it's such a, a There's sweet only one melody. beetle on this song. Yeah, this is Paul. It's just Paul with a string. This is like section. distilled Paul at his I think yeah, at this his is best. Wings. I mean, this is Wings. wings. No, and I, honestly, I never even listen to Wings. I just, I, I think that this, just piano and vocals, it's a, a perfect combination of the two instruments. Um, it's a tender little moment with whatever relationship is going on. Um, well, there's strings and, as well, I guess. I don't dislike Paul McCartney. He writes a really catchy melody. I think that Paul McCartney needs John Lennon. I, th- I, I think, think he that- needs at least another... He needs some. He needs something. Some some other. It, he uh, he just gets too fluffy. Wings. 
It's really a Rivers Matt Sharp scenario. It's a Rivers Matt Sharp scenario. Thank you. Thank you. I love that, like, half the time you just talk about Weezer. <laughs> because I was 14 when I heard of him. You have the article right there. I, I know why. <laughs> Uh, Paul McCartney's songs know. are always better when there's a little bit of grit to them, of which he is incapable of bringing on well, his own. Well, that's not giving McCartney enough credit, though. I think he, he can. Am bring, I not? He can. He can bring that to himself. I mean, he was the one in the mid '60s that was hanging out with Warhol and listening to. Sounds s- like it. Oh yeah. Not really. Well, not <laughs> not in, okay. Not in this song, but he can bring it where he wants to. He obviously you don't want to do it in this song. This song is a pure, just straight little. What's the grittiest rag- McCartney song? Uh, Helter Skelter. Oh, yeah, fair enough. That's a Stone Cold banger right there. That's a proto metal. I mean, I think unequivocally. Yeah, yeah, touche. I think it's. I think it's nice too. I don't. I, mean, get, I, I get why why one wouldn't like it. And yeah. again, I'm well, going to be, the be biased that... by my childhood for this entire you know, yeah, episode. Yeah. But I think it's a very well crafted melody. These big lush like. Minor ninths and eleventh chords. It's it's. I don't know. I think it's a. I don't dislike it. Like as somebody who had really was only familiar with like the hits on this record. When I when I got to this one, I was like, I'm surprised that this isn't like one that I had heard more often. Mm. Like it seems like something that. Would yeah. have been up there with those other. It's ones, a perfectly yeah. constructed pop song. I'm, right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still like I'm still stuck on track one side two is supposed to be a banger. That's not supposed to be. It just historically it's is. It's supposed to be. So, but what about when there's four sides? Well, I would still like. Honestly, Wouldn't that then be disc two, track one? Yeah. Birthday. I agree with that. Well, that, yeah, that, that, that. that's the strangest part about this record. Uh, tra- or sides A you, and you C. You cling on to these preconceived notions. Get fucked. <laughs> 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 like, the, the A and C uh, like sides are packed. Just fucking packed out. And the side B's are real side B's, at least huh. in, in, in my my opinion. I don't know about that. In my okay. personal editing, it's pretty even. All right, so side I cut B's? like the same amount of songs from each side. So, okay, let's go. Next one. I'm, I'm so, so tired. tired. I love it. I, I love this song. song. I fucking love this song. I just wrote you and me both, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's. Already? We're only on side two. Come on. Really, side side C is. I do I, find I, it interesting though me. that they put it second on side two. I mean, it seems like it should have been maybe last on. But, the... you, but you've got thirty songs. Where are you going to put them all? It's true. There are some down tempo in Julia. You know, you got to put that later. I do like. I'm so tired though. The chorus. I mean, it's, it's, it's a for, great. I'm so tired. Song. When it when it yeah. really just drops. You love yeah. the pocket. I love the yeah, pocket. Yeah, no, no, and Ringo hits that, that pocket there for sure. Uh, and th- this is this is my favorite of their of of Lennon's like bluesy songs. I'll take this over Revolution One uh, hmm. any day of the week. Um, okay, I mean, that that one's interesting as well with uh, some little meter shifts and you know slight deviations from your your standard one four five. But this one I think takes the blues and uh, does something different certainly. Uh, and the Blackbird? Yeah, how we, how we feel about Blackbird. I love Blackbird. You can't this is this a song. this song is perfect. Obvi- really, really obviously a McCartney song. Yeah. Wait, think this is like McCartney done right. <clears throat> I think so too. I oh. mean, if you're gonna be a if you're gonna be sweet, it needs to feel classic. Apparently, in, like, a, in a way, out, like, one take. Or... Yeah, I mean, they just he kind of blew through this. Well, it's based on a uh, classical composition, but you know, inspired by. The Blackbirds in India and kind of just play it. It's beautiful little 
toe tapping. It's him with a guitar. Right. Yeah. Like the, the toe tapping is like as much of an instrument in this as as anything else, and I think that it's really cool. And then those really like cool thing electronic bird sounds that they they pipe in. Mm-hmm. What well, do you think of Blackbird, Rob? It, it just comes back to the disjointed nature of this record. Like, th- there's no, there's no actual. Well, like, it, what it, about the song itself? Well. The, getting getting to that, um, this song by itself, in another spot, totally fine, great song, wonderful song. I can't say that it makes it would make a cut for me for a, this record, or it, it it doesn't. There's nothing else that sounds like this on this record, and that's not saying that it's that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Could but, be a palate cleanser. Yeah, but at the same time, like there's. There's just so many fucking ideas that are happening, like going on, like consistently through this. Like it to me, it was Is just that like, inherently bad, though. No, well, actually, kind of. I, I think thirty <laughs> songs is too many to try to digest. For, for what? To, to digest as a record, like why? Hey, don't play devil's advocate. I, I'm gonna or do. Why? Why, yeah. why does it matter? Uh, it, it matters because, like, a, a a record is a statement. It, it's a this is the thing that's happening. And if it there or it should be, it should it should have some sort of uh, a qualifier that that shows that like these should these it? these are it should it, it should a, a record should be a statement. Otherwise, you're putting out singles. And if you're putting out a record that's so packed the way this one is, you're, you're running into a a problem for me where I I don't know where my brain's supposed to be or what I'm supposed to be like. This record flows, but not in a way that I'm familiar. That's going to be an issue going okay, well, forward that, with this record, though. That's an important though. point. Is yeah. that, I mean, it, as a you, you just said that it flows. Well, do you, you do realize that I listened to this record for the first time this year, and I have been listening to records for a very long time, and I'm coming to this record with all of this knowledge. It may be baggage no, I, as well. No, no, no. But I, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming from a straight. I have listened to very. I have listened to a lot of records in my day, and this particular one has a whole lot of really. It has a lot of ideas, but it's not cohesive. But what you also said mm-hmm. was that this album everyone. flows, yeah. but not in a way that you're used to. Well, it flows because it. it there's no stops between. It, it, it has to flow. Um, so for for me, so there's something to that. Specifically, certainly. Blackbird doesn't make as much sense. In the pantheon of the record, it, it sounds like nothing else, and that as a single makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. But in a record form, like I, it it it, do, it doesn't make it doesn't feel right coming off of "I'm So Tired" into that. How do you feel about "Piggies," Michael? Piggies—that's another Harrison one, right? It's a Harrison <laughs> track. Yeah, it's goofy. Uh, it's Sung, by, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't make my final cut. Certainly, mine either. Yeah, uh, I would say it's it's a rather weak track, and it's going for that broke pop, and I, I mean, it's okay. It's, it's, I, I do it's like a, the commentary, making a political pretty, statement, pretty transparent. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. Cutting room floor for, for me. Yeah, for I feel like it's, he's trying to learn how to write that kind of thing, but like it's just not quite there yet, and it en- ends up on the record. You know? Yeah, rich dudes talking about bad rich dudes. <laughs> Seemed a little uh, <laughs> the, uh, ham-fisted. Oh, jeez. Oh, All right, how about Rocky Raccoon? So we're going from yes. birds to pigs to raccoons at this point. <laughs> That's right. This is a, a McCartney where he fakes an accent <laughs> in the first, like, 30 uh. seconds and then just goes right back. 
I like to think the narrator. Oh, sure, yeah. I, I I like to think that there is a version of this song which is more like Nick Cave Stagger Lee, and I think that would be a far better record, far far better song. Okay. Um, it I mean it, it it's McCartney still like it tells a good tale. It's a good it's a good track. <laughs> like a raccoon tail, Michael. <laughs> I do like raccoons. Yeah. No, uh, it is known. It's <laughs> I've seen it. Um, no, I mean it it it's it, it's got the pretty melody and. The, the normal like uh, pop sensibilities of yeah, Paul I thought McCartney. Yeah, I thought it was pretty, uh, right. pretty interesting. Especially, that, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, because they're trying so many different genres, they're, obviously you got to do sort of a country ballad or something to fit in. it. <clears throat> the way you feel about how it's so disjointed, I also find the reason I kind of wrote up the, that beginning is because I feel like they specifically made it completely disjointed at, at a point you know i feel like they started and they said oh none of this is going to blend together so why don't we e- make it even more distant you know like yeah, make I mean, right. make the ideas even more distant that apart in, from each like, other that's that the guitar, only way to make it work exactly uh, yeah yeah that guitar intro in bungalow bill which is that patch basically that then abruptly cuts <laughs> off into the initial verse. I mean, it's all sort of in, yeah, intentionally disjointed. Yeah. Well, this song is, well, I was going to say, this song is a good example of that because it started off in a way, like, and this is another one that like I wasn't as familiar with. It wasn't like one of the, like, you know, why my guitar generally weeps. Or yeah, whatever. it's not like a hit. That right. People present. So, so I was sort of hearing it with fresh ears, and I and it was the kind of thing that like started off, and I was like, oh, it's just like another like kind of like fuck around song or whatever. But then it starts, it starts to get into some kind of interesting like. Melody's interesting. The chord progression is interesting. I'm like, oh, that's like, you know, like a well-written song, and like I just, just kind of schizophrenic. Like it goes from one thing and then and then into something that you're like, oh wait, that's like actually like there's something there. there there's something to that. Uh, all right, <laughs> next one is Ringo's song, also known as "Don't Pass Me By." What do we think of of that? Oh, I really like oh, this Ringo. song. Do you really? I will, I will die on this hill. Interesting. Okay, what well, that? for your footsteps. I was I was wondering that because it's the band's. Favorite song on the album, like Bob Dylan's true. "The Band." Oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah. This when I heard this, I was like, okay, I I get why Nielsen and Ringo were like best buds. Oh yeah, 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 they're, yeah. They're, yeah. I get that it. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. Like they were they were on that same level, yeah. and like yeah. I will I'm, say I, I remember skipping over this track a lot. Ringo yeah, had this song so in his so. pocket since the early sixties. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's been references in those lyrics. The, there's like references to it in like Beatles interviews before the song was recorded. Like an interview will be like, Ringo, have you ever written a song? And then Paul will be like, Don't pass me by, don't make me cry. <laughs> and this is like in like sixty four. Oh. <laughs> Poor Ringo. He finally got it. He on finally there. got it on a record. Uh, next song. Why don't we do it in the road? Straight up filler by McCartney. Yeah, this is filler. filler. McCartney right. doing his best Lennon. <laughs> oh yeah, I had never really thought about it. That's that my way. T- that's my hot take. This is a replacement's Hootenanny and E, man. Interesting. Okay, good good point on that one. Yeah, uh, obviously the backstory is he saw two monkeys fucking in the road, doing it in the road in India, and he thought, well, I could do that. I can do that. <laughs> Pick up a guitar. Uh, what do we think of I Will? I was incredibly surprised that the cor- the, the cars uh, stole that throwaway guitar lick for Best Friend's Girlfriend. Bam, 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 yeah. I didn't oh, think yeah. about that. Yeah. Oh, I never even put that together. Yeah. Straight up. It's, it's like, pretty... it's, it's lifted exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
I hope they got sued. Just, <laughs> just like Pavement stole um, every day for Silent Kit. Just like Kelly Clarkson stole those maps mean. for since you've been gone. Silent <clears throat> Kid. Now yeah, it's true. Um, so what do we think about the song though? I thought it was a, it's a beautiful melody. It's a, nice, I really it's a like great song. song. It's, it's very really simple. Pretty. It's Goes so that, short. That flat six. Oh yeah. Which the Beatles were known for from uh, P.S. I Love You. P.S. I Love You. When it. Uh, that was not a common chord progression um, in in pop music. Um, yeah. They did that there. They did that in this. In this song. Yeah. Short it's, and sweet, I will is. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Very complex too, because mm -hmm. I remember that was. I mean, I think I learned all these songs on guitar, but that was definitely, especially a, a difficult song to learn because of all the. Um, it's all the chords. All the chords. Yeah. Not, I mean, it's a quick change. Not you know? the same song as the song from the Room soundtrack. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> I definitely <will>. not. <clears throat> all right, the next song, Julia. By Lennon. I thought it had some pretty cool chord songs changes. Haunting and beautiful. The song's really pretty. It's about his mom. Yeah. Yeah. So when Lennon was a teenager, his <laughs> yeah, he, re absolutely. he reconnected with his mom. I believe he was seventeen, um, and she came back. She gave him a guitar. Uh, he was living with his uh, uh, relatives at the time, but he kind of forgave her, and you know they kind of reconnected. She just had kind of a how long Le after left that him. reunion did she die in about, a car accident? I believe it was about a year yeah. later that she died in a car, tragic car accident, uh, killed by an off-duty uh, drunken police officer. Ain't it a bitch? A DUI, yeah. Yeah, I would say haunting is a, is a good uh, a good word for it. Yeah. This book Very talks interesting. about some sort of Mother Yoko transference that might have been oh, going I see. on as well. Does it also talk about Donovan? So he... He spoke with Donovan. He presented the idea of writing the song, and Donovan was there, and they kind of worked it through it, and Donovan uh, put out some of the lyrics. Very subtle, too. That was one of the things I wrote down that uh, I wrote, George has understated songs. Paul is kind of over the top. Uh, he just bangs uh, and, you on the head with it. And Lennon is uh, poetic. Or more experimental in this album. Yeah. 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 Great song. Yeah. Does it make your cut? It does make my cut, yeah, yes. That's, that's, that's Absolutely. So the end of disc one. Okay, got? it's your birthday. Mm. I love this song. <laughs> it, does it remind you of Showbiz Pizza? No, it doesn't. <laughs> what just happened? Oh, that's Grady. Oh, okay. You're turning the lights on. <laughs> it's the birthday song. The lights stay off. Stop it. Or, or they go on and so off. This it's is a, a flashlight rave. No, th th this, so this is, is a McCartney and Lennon song. Go for it. This is 
the fucking proto-glamrock because once it gets out of this little first little uh, birthday yes. jam, yep. it's just like, holy shit, glam talking. is happening. And it the keeps going. Point. Like It keeps on changing. It's not like an ABA sort of structure. It just nope. keeps going. It's straight up terrain. radical glam. It's a rockin' song. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Once it goes to this, yep. uh, this shaking and the drum, and the drum, when it comes yeah. in full with the bass and everything, this is, is like is cranked up. Yeah. This is the one I was referring, the Wurlitzer, the weird mm. thing that it's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that thing. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, well, little, little Lennon gives McCartney of... all the credit for it. What's like, that? They were hmm. both there. But I mean, it Lennon, sounds like more of a McCartney song. Lennon says sure. that McCartney already had the riff down when he walked oh, into everything. the room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really like the... I guess it'd be the bridge of this song, like the breakdown. It's yeah. like, it, it hasn't, we're listening to it right now. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it's like the, there's the A part and the B part, and then there's the breakdown, but then there's the C part, which I guess would be the bridge. That. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, so how do we feel? The next song is Your Blues by Lennon. Boo. I don't need it. I'm not just a rocker. What it, I like this. It's, it's 1968. I've heard enough white blues. I don't need it anymore. I've had my fill. Here's here's the funny thing. Now, this might be someone just just passing this off, but it's been said that Lennon is making fun of white guy British blues, and this song represents that because of when you hear the solos, they're kind of terrible solos. Yeah, they're certainly tongue-in-cheek. And they're very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Cool story. Why is it on the album, though? Because uh, he wanted to write a... So if you're writing like, an intentionally bad blues song, like, hey, check out how bad these solos are... You've well, already I, I got know, 29 it's, songs. It's, it's, you not, know what it's I mean? not just that he's, there's he's a tongue-in-cheek solo. Well, I know that also he's sad. He's, he's got the blues. He does. From the head to his shoes, yeah, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, he's, he's playing around with the meters. There's an, an interesting rhythmic shifts going on. Um, and he's, I don't know. There's... He's, he is bringing some interesting elements with that, like, the bass stretching out, having that... Uh, it's a little bit different. That's not Lennon. He goes from one, yeah, two, yeah, three, yeah. one, but two, three, But he did write the one, song. I bet he didn't write the bass part for the song. <laughs> I bet that Paul McCartney at least wrote his own bass parts, for, even for Lennon songs. Okay. Uh, this is also uh, one of the times when McCartney did not play his Epiphone bass. He played a Fender jazz bass for this. That's why it's a little... It, Sounds a little more interesting. At this point, was he no longer playing like the the honer violin bass? No, he's still playing it. Yeah, but just for the song. That's why I pointed it out. You notice at three minutes seventeen seconds, uh, the the hard cut edit. Yeah, it always bugged me as a kid. It doesn't really bug me as an adult for some reason. That they spliced it. Yeah, it's just mm. like a hard splice. And as a kid, the fact that I could notice it bugged me. Like, because I, I felt that like. I shouldn't, if you're going to do something like that in the studio, me as a kid shouldn't be able to tell you're doing it. <laughs> but as an adult, I'm just like, there's so much other stuff going on. It's already such a non-traditional album. It's kind of fitting album. for the record. Yeah, it's, right. just, it's a non-issue. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I yeah, just yeah. don't even give a fuck about it. Yeah. Yeah. So next song, Mother's Nature's Son by McCartney. Performed by only McCartney. I think this is a great song. It's pretty. It's a McCartney song. It's going to be pretty. I would say. It's not a Beatles song. 
Yeah, it's hard to say what a Beatles song is. Wasn't, I mean, it's I this think, is. I think there was one other Beatles, Beatles if playing, or was this was this? It involves only one Beatle, so it's a Paul McCartney song. I think once there's multiple Beatles, you could argue that it's a Beatles song. But that's also sort of the entire. You know, I mean, that's part right, of this. That's kind of an interesting. But there's only yeah. there's Question only a few songs album, on this like, album that. That involves singular Beatles, like a single lone Beatle, Beatle. if you will, a Beatle, <laughs> yeah. and this is one of the ones on this album. It's a Beatle. It's a Beatle song. That's just it is a Beatle, and I hmm. guess Julia uh, would be one. But I really like Julia. I like Julia more than Mother Nature's Son. Weren't they like recording and like I would? You know. One Beatle was in one studio. One Beatle was in another studio. Like they're recording the same yeah. record at the same time. Without yeah, there's each other multiple like. studios. And like there was bleed over, but there was like a primarily Paul studio and a primarily John studio, and like band members just like bouncing back and forth yeah. a little bit. It it's such an interesting time that like that's like the, you can see the tree starting to split off. Into the, yeah, I mean, it's, as far as I care, the fact that this is on a Beatles album makes it a Beatles song. Other Fair than enough, that, it's yeah. just a song that's on the album that I find very pretty. I really like it. It's th- pretty on my cutting room floor. Oh, jeez. Uh, I would say, though, this is definitely one of the songs that has carried over, and a lot of people have you know, cited it as influences, including, you know, like, Elliot Smith. Uh, I, don't, I don't hate any songs in this album, so, like, my, my criticism starts from that. It's all within a certain spectrum. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, how do you feel about Everybody's Got Something to Hide? This song, me, I really like this. this song grooves when that fucking bell comes in. It's a pretty cool song. Man. <laughs> and the, the overextended uh, surf, surf rock guitar that goes on like three times longer than it should. Lennon <laughs> song. No. Everyone thought it was like, about his habit. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no get that monkey off my back, yeah. aka heroin. Yeah. <laughs> nope, it's about a monkey. <laughs> a very proper use of a, a shaker and a cow, and a bell. <laughs> yeah, it's just like dinner time. The song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <clears throat> let's get through this. How we feel? Next one, sexy Sadie. Uh, Radiohead should be paying money to heels. <laughs> so, Fucking just stolen karma police, man. That's so insane. The, the, the insane. famous, the well-known story about this is that the song was originally titled Maharishi, about how the Maharishi duped everyone um, into leading this lifestyle that he himself didn't practice. They all got, they all got bamboozled, um, and I don't remember exactly why they didn't. Call him out. On it was George. George he, was tight with Maharishi, and he convinced so, Lennon yeah. to. He suggested "Sexy Sadie." I think that George knew John Lennon well enough that, like, it's like, okay, it's going to be difficult to get him to change the name of this song. I don't want him to be specifically naming name dropping the Maharishi. I bet the song if I, boobs. I bet if I say something <laughs> with "sexy" in it, John will buy. He's like, "Hey, how about the Maharishi called "Sexy Sadie"?" And you're like. Fuck yeah, dude. I like sex. <laughs> so you said that, but you didn't tell why he originally wrote the song. This was this was the incident it, with uh, Prudence uh, mm-hmm. Pharaoh, which some people say that uh, that Paul and Lennon were a little white knight about, you know, 
prudence in thinking that he was taking advantage of her and doing things inappropriate. Later, uh, Paul kind of came out and said, I think that was a rumor that someone had started and, and it really pissed uh, John Lennon off. And so they, they said, you know, they packed up early and they yeah. left. Um, so it, it was very like was, unsubstantiated. If the anything, rumor was started happened. by one of like, it was actually, it was one of their sound engineers yeah. that was also with them in India. Mm-hmm. And he told the band that Maharishi was being inappropriate sexually towards some of their fem- female companions that they had brought. And so that that was when John left India. Right. And do you know what he said to Maharishi? <laughs> I forget the exact quote, but... If you're so cosmic, you can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, so, so he left in the heat. As time moves on, it seems like the allegations held less and less water. Yeah, more people came out that were there at the same time and said that it was unfounded. Right. And, and that they just thought they were they might have been protective of, you know, just... What was going on? Well, it's, this, a gro- it's a grooving little song. It's a grooving little song. Yeah. This yeah. is what you'll get when you mess with us. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got those, those quintessential Ringo little, the little sloppy sort of rollicking, rolling little. I would like to read the original lyrics. These are not made up. This is the actual original lyrics by Lennon. Please, Maharishi, you little twat. Who the fuck do you think you are? Who the fuck do you think you are? Oh, you cunt. <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it. All right. All right. How do we feel about Helter Skelter? It's the best song about playground equipment I've ever heard. <laughs> dope, dope fucking rocker. So, by, so by McCartney. Right? Yeah. Right? And who the fucking thunk? He's singing, man. He just belts it out. He just gets real raw. Holy shit. No, this song is powerful as hell. Fucking bass yeah, line. It's probably my favorite one on the record, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this this one in my my guitar gently weeps, especially for rockers. I mean, you could say some of the more introspective ones. Right. There's so much going on on in the record; it's hard to pick like (laughs) a favorite. But it's it's definitely a standout. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was said that they wanted to make it as loud and dirty and wild as (laughs) you know as possible at with the recording equipment they had. McCartney had heard something about the Who. He had heard like a, yeah. a, a, a reference to Who being like, "Oh man, it's so loud and dirty," and he listened to the recording and that th- it basically took it as a challenge. Like, right. "Oh, I can make a recording louder and dirtier than that." Everybody uh, wins. Apparently, there was there is a twenty minute uh, version of this where they are just jamming this thing out. <laughs> George Harrison running around with a flaming ashtray over his head. <laughs> You can't hear that, George. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can you? What you can hear is Ringo. (laughs) Ringo, famous line at the at the end. Got blisters on my fingers. Sorry. Uh, How do we feel about long, long, long? I love it. Love, love, love. Oh, come on! By Harrison. This is Harrison. Sorry. Not, not my it's un- well, it's, it's understated. It's understated, and then it builds, and then there's that like whole swell, like wall of noise outro. You know what that where... is? It was an empty wine bottle on top of the Leslie speaker that just started going, and then they just left it. Whoa! So great. That's what the outro is. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Well, and, and even this understated song it slowly builds from this very understated, you know, organ and these. Like, are there Leslie's on these voices? I'm sorry, I said Elliot Smith before. When I heard this song, I was like, 
Elliot Smith. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think There's a lot of Elliot Smith. And it slowly just swells all of a sudden that, oh, oh, it just builds and then it just sort of... So yeah, I found Long, Long, Long interesting because, like I said before, when you're presenting so many different ideas, it's almost as a, you know, almost a traditional song or a classical song. So you're pulling in even more... Uh, Influences. It should be mentioned that even even Harrison admits that the melody was inspired by what a sweet eyed lady of the lowlands. Right. Mm. Yeah. The Dylan. Yep. How we feel about Revolution, Revolution number one? Not my favorite version of this song. You like the single? I like the, the single. The Hey Jude B side. I like the Hey Jude B side better. This is a real well, let the, down from the, the Hey Jude B side. The rest yeah. of the group wanted to do a more up tempo. They felt that this tempo was not radio friendly. Lennon was insistent. Then he acquiesced for the the split hate that with the hey jude and they sped it up because he was wrong for that and one stupid and a this, big yeah, dummy this, this song this is this this, this version certainly this is of a, all versions oh, i like i like song. the slowed down really oh, i like that like kind of like man this seems like a fucking throwaway demo to me oh i don't know i, I like guess it. it's uh, it has that hey I, hey my 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 hey hey uh live rust issue where I, i'm more on the rock side i don't think i mind it but i don't, I don't really I don't, like the shooby doo It's I little, like the shooby doo Huh. I wish the radio. I wish the single had really? shooby doo ups. Shooby doo up. Shooby doo up. Shooby doo up. Fun of fact. all the versions of the song Revolution, this okay. is my second favorite. I should mention too. It's 1968, Vietnam. Martin Tell Luther King it. is shot. The country's kind of up in arms. People are, you know, preaching communism within the country. They want a revolution. They're talking about different ideas. This, the Beatles are the forefront of sort of a cultural movement, and they haven't really been political up until this point. Correct? And John refrains from going all the way with this. He, He chooses to not incite violence by saying... Uh, that if you're talking about destruction, well, then you can count me out. So and they're getting involved, but exactly not pushing. That so they're 28 far. average year yeah. of, of 28, and they have the forethought to think about. No, we're not gonna. We're not going to be siding with any of these people who are advising us to start their their revolution or whatever. We're we just don't want you know. We want things to be peaceful and to have, you know, for people to think for themselves. 
So I always imagine uh, after those songs, you know, Long 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 or any of those, like Harrison's like, oh, I got this really poetic, you know, interesting song. Or While my guitar gently nope. waves. And then Lennon comes in and he's like, I got this song, you know, I got this, Revolution, guys. you know, and I also have the song about uh, my mom who died and all this stuff. And then McCartney's like, I got honey pies. Making me crazy. <laughs> cha cha cha. All right, well, how do we feel about honey pies? I get the fuck out of here, <laughs> man. It's a good fucking song. Uh, yeah. Uh, but but it's is a, it? Okay, so this is a lot of fun to play on the piano and sing along to. Hey, oh, uh, in oh, terms oh. of a general song, <laughs> this is a fucking song. Can I tell you two things? <laughs> can, I, can I tell you two things that you said that this I don't do well? Sing or play piano. But the other part you said, it definitely is a song. It is a song. <laughs> it certainly. is certainly a that song. That they played and recorded that we're listening to right I now. I mean, yeah, it, it sure is like a throwback vaudevillian number. No, it's fun. It was required. Like, it's all fluff. It's it required. required. Yeah, because they're British. It's, it's it's, the, it's so. the King's Rule. Yeah, it's yeah. Fucking, Every <laughs> album must have a vaudevillian number. It's fluff, but it's damn good fluff. Even if that record is five hours long. <laughs> sure, I've heard worse fluff on this album. Yeah, yeah. Great singing. I mean, it's, it's a great chord progression. It's great, cute. Great instrumentation. I mean, it's there's nothing at all wrong with this yeah. song. It I, reminds me of getting a sarsaparilla down at the old phosphate stand. <laughs> I do have a. a. You never did that, and B. That's a completely different. History. <laughs> I'm going to the druggist for a phosphate. <laughs> You're talking normal rock while this is like 30s Britain. I do have a problem well, though when he Britain says, didn't have phosphate. I, like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Get oh out my of goodness. here. Oh, God Paul McCartney needs a fucking handler. <laughs> uh, th- this song, though, also proves to me that it's it's like... What other genre that haven't we covered that I want to, you know, write a song in? Next song, Savoy Truffle by Harrison. I learned this, this week rocks. that this song is about how much Eric Clapton loves chocolate treats. And, I, and then and I, I learned that so Ween copped their entire fucking street cred off of this fucking Ween song. cops a lot from the Beatles, actually. Oh, they, they certainly it's do. True, yeah. Yeah. I, I I really like the sound of this song. It's like nasally. And... I, I love the sound, kind of like Birthday. I love the sound of it. I wish it wasn't about how much Eric Clapton loves chocolate. Though. <laughs> you know, like that kind of like, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So you're saying Unintended? that? Like, Unintended? I, I kind of thought that maybe, just maybe... It was uh, like an insinuation or uh, whatever the word. I have, there was too much bourbon in me to uh, come up with the word to be sexual innuendo. I always thought it was an innuendo until yesterday. I, I, I kind of did too, but... No, he's like, no, I was friends with Eric Clapton and he loved I mean, eating chocolates. <laughs> God damn it. That's fine. It's still a rockin' song. Yeah, it is, it is. It's a raucous good time about the yeah, horn parts. You know, like I had to make some tough cuts, <laughs> and the fact that it's about enjoying chocolate treats leaves it on the floor for, for my single disc r- version of the White Album. All right. I'm going to pair this 30 song album down to about 26. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't all easy cuts, Grady. Oh, uh, I know. I, I, I don't, the I great thought, thing is that I don't actually have to make any cuts. Yeah. I do. I, I think this is okay. 
This is I mean, a great no, song. No, it's a good song. I, I, yeah. I enjoy listening to this song. I enjoyed listening to the song more it's before not on your, yesterday. It's not on your final mix, though. So. Yeah. No. It's in, I really thought it was going to be those, an innuendo. Those, I thought it was a song about fucking... It's a song about <laughs> fucking Eric Clapton eating chocolate. Not only is it about a grown man eating chocolate, it's fucking Eric Clapton. It's about fucking Eric Clapton. Fucking Eric Clapton eating chocolate. eating chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cry Baby Cry. Cry. Baby Cry. By Absolutely. Len- Lennon with McCartney. I said, you, you mean Wilco's first song? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On, uh, and again, I, I, I wrote again, uh, Jeff Lynn uh, needs to write each of these people a thank you note. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Lynn is actually song, very this, open this about actually- that. One of my probably favorite, like, top three straight songs. My favorite song on the album, track on the album is Revolution Number 9, but we'll, we'll get there. Okay. But this, this song is so fucking good. And it's, it, again, it's understated. It's got those classic Ringo sort of little jerky mm-hmm. little beats. It's got those, those whatever that piano effect that they would do on, yeah. on a lot of these recordings. Yeah. Um, yeah Revolution so, number nine. So Revolution number Traveling nine. Am I in the... Yeah. Am I the only one who likes this song? Man, you might I, be. Like, I, I'm the world. I enjoyed this song. I do I, like it. I don't have enough time in my life to <laughs> sit down with this song and listen to it. But you absolutely over do. and over. If and you over listen again. to any other music ever in your life, you have enough time to sit down and listen to this song if um, you want to. If you don't want to, that's another thing. But that's not an excuse. Tell, no. tell me though your your impression though, because you, well, so, you feel strongly about it. Yes. So I, I think largely, I mean, it was very formative for me in terms of my interests in more experimental. I mean, uh, again, McCartney was into Stockhausen, Carl Heinz Stockhausen early on. This is a this is a John song, though. Um, John, and this is Yoko. Parentheses and Yoko. Yeah. Yoko's influence and, and yeah. her involvement. I mean, she's the one talking about you know becoming naked and, and whatever else. The the baby voice you hear throughout the song is is fucking Yoko. But then it has. I mean, I have page uh, page and a half of samples from the initial little motif is a backwards is a recording of a piano backwards playing the finale to a Schumann symphonic etude. But there are I want to know not just that though like yes. how what does it mean for the Beatles in this album what does it mean to you as in musically what what does it represent well, I mean, it, it, it represents the most uh, ambitious experimental thing that they've ever released to the public, certainly. Okay. Um, so I mean, do you think this is pulling in and, and putting more of, hey, we, we've we seen this stuff and, and now we're exposing a lar- larger audience to it? Or do you think they were just like, we kind of want to go in a, a different direction? I mean, this was John. Was like, yeah. This yeah. was John. McCartney did not want this on the album. McCartney, yeah. yeah. Uh, John had to fight to get this song on the album. And, and McCartney was involved the Called least a song. of this uh, piece, this Recording this, I don't know what composition. I guess Com- composition. Sure, I think it's too long. Brainiac, very inspired by this. At least Timmy Taylor, uh, transmissions after zero off of Bonsai Superstar. Absolutely, like wouldn't exist had this song not existed. It's important. It's important. It's well, it's weird. It, it doesn't it doesn't fit in an album format, which doesn't matter because there's no format to this album. Um, but nine minutes is a little long for, 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 for a rock record. 
Well, but, but, but it's no longer a rock record. Though, but right? it, it, it has been a rock record right up until this point because Ooh. all of these songs clocked in at between like two minutes and forty five seconds and three, but and who, this thing pops in. But who's at saying nine. that they can't do this as well? No I mean, one is well, saying that no, they, they clearly they did. Gritty. They, did. <laughs> they clearly this clearly happened. Sure. And I'm listening to it, <laughs> and when I listened to it the first time, I was like, oh man. This band and this band and this band and this band. I get it. They the, this this is where those weird interludes that I love so much came from. And then it kept going. Mm-hmm. And that to me, it, it may just be my my fucking uh, you know, 1980s like brain filled with pop music uh, that couldn't sit down with this and hang out for 9 minutes. Not because it's bad at all. I've gone back, I've listened to my, a, a fucking, a brilliant dearth of <laughs> all kinds of weird electronic music at this point, and I love it all. It's a, a lot of fun, and fucking neat, and cool, but on a rock and roll record, specifically this one, I found this to be a little bit, a little bit much, um... I'm glad it exists. And, and I'm, I'm, I was, I'm very happy it exists. When I was 9 or 10, I felt the exact opposite. I was glad that it was there mm. because it exposed me to something that I had no other exposure to. And it led me in, <clears throat> you know, to finding a whole world of music that I might not have again, known or cared about. That specifically, the, the, the difference between you and I at that point is this. You were 9 or 10 and I was 38. I had listened to a whole lot of other things that... This inspired, and I absolutely, like, I grab on to that. Mm-hmm. But this specifically, on this record, doesn't do it for me. But I understand and accept and like the fact that you're so into it. I agree with Rob, and I hear what you're saying, Grady. Uh, I was I was also about the same age as you when I first heard this track. This track uh, freaked the shit out of me when I was a kid, <laughs> and I skipped it every single time. I listened to it. You were spooked? I was spooky. I love yeah. how spooky it is because it represents yeah. the, like an actual revolution. You know, well, it's definitely culturally significant things. because so it's a Beatles album. Everyone's gonna hear it. So everyone from from like soccer mom to 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 Debbie to Billy, it, like they're listening to this album, and all of a sudden, unbeknownst to them, they are exposed. To some like avant-garde, bleeding edge <laughs> avant-garde yeah, shit. Yeah. Kind of cool, honestly. And that that, that is cool. At the same time, I still skip over it mm-hmm. because I just don't need. I, I it's cool that it's there. It's I, cool I, that it freaked out the norms. I still turn you know? it up. Uh, <laughs> Crank I, it. I, I saw a, a, a quote or from just, a quote from drops. someone that reviewed it uh, when it came out that kind of like resonated with me. It says. For nine minutes on an album officially titled The Beatles, there are no Beatles. And that's kind of like where I hang my hat. Like, it's cool that they did it. I like that they make their point. I see you, Beatles. But this is already a two hour long album. Let's hear some Beatles. I think it's aptly, the the length of it isn't too, you know, it doesn't mean that it's too long. I think that it could have been something a little bit better in how it's composed within that. However, they were doing things that were experimental at the time, and it's hard to do this stuff, you mm-hmm. know? So good on them for, for trying out this new thing. No, they doing pushed it the fucking envelope, and, and, I, and I, I, do, I appreciate I that. I think 
you know, the mm-hmm. eight minutes, 22 seconds that it exists for is completely fine. It's a, it's kind of a perfect length because it's not, you know, there are things that are a half an hour. They could have, they could have really they pushed could have this. The they could have done a lot, of the, a lot of the shit that they're yeah. calling their inspirations from go yeah. on for, you know, 30, 40, 30 minutes. Exactly. So. Exactly. So I think that they did the right thing in keeping that length to say, to put you in the headspace. A lot of times I will talk about the length of things and people will say, oh, it's too long. Oh, this is too, this is boring or something like that. And I will have to sit, you know, sit down and be like, I understand what you're saying, but you have to also understand that for you to sit down and for your, your mind to absorb things consciously, it takes time. You can't just like walk into the state of mind that you need to be in for say, you know, I'm a movie guy, David Lynch, you know, you can't just walk into a scene in a David Lynch movie and be like, uh, why isn't, why is that guy just walking across the room or something? Yeah. It it takes that, that element. And so I think that revolution number nine, the reason it is that length is because it is pulling you in there. And then you only experience when you're about two minutes in, you know, in five minutes in, they actually bring up the sort of, uh, there's like melodies and things like that. And Yoko's in there around six or so. It so really I, th- d- I think it's interesting. It really does bleed nicely into good night. It yeah. does actually. And yeah. Yeah. This weird, like saccharine, like Disney moment. It's yeah. so like, Disney. Yeah. Again, and, like the or, fact or, that it's not a Disney song that they're covering really. Well, it's like the me. sweeping harps yeah. and the lush strings and everything. It's like, it should be at the end of Dumbo or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect, obviously, it's a perfect cap. There, the, it's also album. a good vehicle for Ringo's weird voice. Yeah, no, no, so no, dude, yeah. Like, Oh, no, he's, like, a, he's actually, the one. Dude, Ringo's weird voice fits really well in this, like, children, uh, you know, he was Mr. Conductor. It's, yeah. It's earnest, and it's yeah. not perfect. It's not, like, flamboyant or showy. Like, it's not nasally like John. It's just, like, it's right there. It's just Ringo being <laughs> Ringo. Uh, so this obviously was a huge commercial success. Capitol Records sold over 3.3 million copies uh, on the first four days of the album's release. Uh, it's gone on to be certified 19 times platinum. I told you about strawberry fields. You know the place where nothing is real. Well, here's another place you can go. Uh, all right, so let's go around the room. I'll go for it. Go. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna uh, obviously. I, I'm gonna give this a positive. I like the Beatles' whole career. I like the different eras of the Beatles' career. Some parts more than others, but this, the self-titled album, the White Album, kind of is the start of my favorite era of the Beatles' career, which is the post-psychedelic era, where they kind of become like a classic rock band. Uh, they. I, Abbey Road and uh, yeah, like Let It Be, Abbey Road, yeah. The Beatles. I don't hate their psychedelic albums, 
But I, I've been vocal on previous episodes about I don't think that LSD inspires the best music. I think that different narcotics expire, inspire better music than LSD, I think. Tell that to the butthole surfers, <laughs> I, you I, monster! I will. <laughs> <laughs> this album kind of like... It, it's it's really it's it's schizophrenic. It's all over the place, but it really is just packed to the gills with content, like real content. Like even the songs that like I would cut because I'm trying to as a personal exercise. I was trying to make a single disc out of it because I thought it'd be stronger. Even the songs that I'm cutting, I like those songs. They're good songs, and I don't know. I I like this era of they've. They, they're over the psychedelic hump, and now they're, like, adults making awesome tunes. And that's my favorite part of, like, that's my favorite phase of the Beatles. You know, they hated the, the, each other, but, you know, they're making good music. I think Grady. Pondering. Oh, I mean, I have um, a lot of history with this album. Um, I, I, I particularly like the, the psychedelic Beatles myself, and, and obviously have... Some different tendencies in terms of the more uh, uh, experimental um, side of things, um, and, and but I mean, putting aside my or trying to put aside my own you know personal history with with this album, um, I mean, it is undeniable the yeah the quality of the songs throughout. Yeah, it's disjointed, but I think that does add to a lot of the charm. Um, so it's a unequivocal you know across the board. Yes, it's. An incredible album. It has a very special place for me, and it, it certainly deserves a place on the list. We think, Andrew. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, you know, it was the first time I had listened to it from start to finish. So there were there were songs that I had actually never heard. There were songs that I had heard a whole bunch, but never in the context of the actual album. Um, and and it it just sort of like re kind of you know made me rethink those songs as pieces of this larger puzzle. Um, um, you know, there's there's definitely stuff that I didn't enjoy as much. And, you know, if I was, you know, going to make my own cut of it, there's stuff that I would cut out. But, um, you know, it was an enjoyable experience from start to finish. You know, even all nine minutes of, of, of um, number nine. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I thought everything needed to be there ultimately just for the history of it having been created that way. Um, um, even if there were things that I would have chopped out if, if, if it was up to me, but it wasn't, so. Um, I've had more fun talking about this record than I had listening to the record. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's the bloated corpse of a band that was very important. At this point, didn't want to continue doing this together. They were already, they were frayed at the edges. No one wanted to be a part of it. They cobbled it. They didn't, no, no one, no one said, no one compromised on the songs that went into it. All right, so it's this big pot. And then you take the things and you just kind of glue them together. And mystically, at the end of it, with us talking together, I came to the realization, kind of makes sense. <laughs> it it, it, it kind of makes sense. I'm probably going to listen to your cut, Ben. 
because <laughs> I think it's better than what I just listened to. But at the end of the day, like I, I had so much fun talking about it with everybody, and like there's, I I I can't deny the pop sensibilities of uh, you know uh, a lot of <laughs> everything on it. Um, I can be you know bored with it, but undeniably. Uh, the, the, this band and this record is, is very important, and I would say people should probably listen to it. It has been really fun talking about it. It has been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. totally. This is, I mean, it's albums like this and the past couple albums that we've done that is really fun just to kind of dive in and rediscover, I would say, for a lot of, a lot of this stuff and just kind of revisit and think about how you first heard it how you think about it now, how, you know, how it's influenced different bands and coming up, having this project sort of going through each year saying developing, especially the Beatles. I mean, we've been talking about them for a minute and, but they, they just, keep, they, they, they pop up occasionally. Yeah, that's it, true. It's yeah. not the way it feels with the birds. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like, Oh my God damn it again. Yeah, well, it's because we've it's probably not covered as just as many of them. Yeah, albums. we ha- we have. <laughs> you should definitely go song by song and just see the covers. It's oh, really? <laughs> unbelievable! Each song has like thirty covers. Uh, not every song, not like Honey Pie, but there are <laughs> covers of like Honey Pie. By I think. Sl- How about Wild Honey Pie? We did Slade. I think did something. But yeah, go go through and just see like every cover that's like it's so crazy so next time we'll be talking about the mothers of invention uh we're only in it for the money all right thanks y'all all All right Sweet.